Hey, I want to welcome everybody that is tuning in online with us. We're excited to have you. And I am so excited about this series we're doing called Soul Work. You need to know I have been kind of preparing in my spirit for this for over four months. In fact, I was planning to kick this year off with this series, but some things changed and pushed back. So the anticipation has really been building in me. I know not in you yet, but it will. Because I believe that what we're going to talk about over the next several weeks might be the most important conversation we have this year. That's how much I feel what I'm going to share with you today and over the next several weeks. We're going to talk about soul work. You know, in our culture, we are always working on something when it comes to our lives. We're, we're always, we're obsessed with working. Well, I think about our, our physical bodies, right? Like, we are obsessed with our appearance. We're obsessed with how we look, are we not? I know I deal with it all the time. You should know that I start preparing in my head on Saturday what I'm going to wear on Sunday. You can ask my wife, my daughter. I will show outfits in front of them. I'm like, does this look good, honey? Does this match? What shoes should I wear? And she always said, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to wear something different. She's like, but it doesn't go. It happens to me every single weekend because we're obsessed with, with how we appear to others. We're obsessed in our culture with our physical bodies. Like, let me ask a question. I just want everybody to participate. Just show a hand. You can throw it in the chat. Play along if you're online. How many of you either own a piece of gym equipment or a membership to a gym? Raise your hand. Okay, that's like most of us. We have something. You know what I found interesting? We are obsessed with our health, right? Yet we probably eat worse than any other nation in the world. Isn't that kind of ironic? How, how obsessed. We, we, we are talking all the time about mental health, and rightfully so. Right? We, we realize it has become such a significant challenge, and so we're constantly in our culture talking about mental health. It is a big deal. At the same time, let's also recognize that we live probably more comfortable than the rest of the world, but for whatever reason, we tend to deal with more anxiety, depression, and mental illness than I would say probably a lot of the rest of the world. I'm just trying to show us the irony of this stuff. Like, in our culture, multiple billion-dollar industry goes to our health. Now, in the church, we talk about spiritual health. In the church, right, we, we talk about what it means for us to spiritually grow, and, and we talk about reading your Bible, and we talk about memorizing verses and, and, and how we can grow in our lives. And here's what I've discovered in my journey it's kind of like when you go to college. The more you learn, the further away you feel spiritually. The more you discover about God, the more you discover about God's word, kind of the further often I feel from God. There's a gap when it comes to our health. And here's what I know in our culture. We're obsessed with getting to a place of health. Here's what I want to dive into over the next several weeks. I believe that what we tend to do in our culture is we tend to often address the symptoms without ever talking or addressing the source. We'll address the symptoms of our physical and our spiritual and our mental health 
without ever actually looking at the underlying condition. In fact, I would argue that there's an underlying condition in our life that we often ignore that really plays into our health in all those areas combined, and that is the condition of our soul. Our soul. In fact, the, the reason why some of you continue to struggle to get healthy physically is not because you can't figure out how to eat a certain way or work out. It's because there's an underlying condition of the soul that keeps feeding the problem, no pun intended. It's really why. If you don't believe me, watch The Biggest Loser. You ever seen that show? The Biggest Loser? They don't just run people through workouts. They have to deal with their soul. Because there are things that lead to it. The same is true when it comes to our spiritual health. There, there are some of you need to understand this, that, that spiritually you might go, I feel better than ever, but you don't realize that the, your soul is completely unhealthy. And it can affect every area of your life. You, listen, your marriage can be great and your soul can be floundering. You realize that, right? Like your career can be incredible while your soul is stifled. And so we need to understand, I think it's the most overlooked part, I'm going to say within the church, the most overlooked part of who we are. You realize that you are made up of more than just one thing. It's not just your body, but you're made up of, the fact, the Bible says three unique characteristics that make you up. Let, let me read this verse to you. This is, again, I'm just, I'm just setting up where we're going. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says this, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and, may your, and make your whole spirit and what? Everybody say that word, and soul and what? Body. Let's, let, me, let me go through those again. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. You need to understand, you're made up of body, soul, and spirit. We all have a body. You know what your body is. It's what you see in the mirror. That's your physical body. We got one. You get one body, right? Your spirit you can't see. Your spirit is the invisible thing that God breathed into humanity that enables you to connect with God. By the way, the reason why, and if you're brand new to an environment like this, where sometimes you hear people talk about spiritual things and it sounds really weird to you, it's because you can't understand them because your spirit doesn't understand them, because your spirit's not alive. Your spirit dies because of sin, but is resurrected when the spirit of God comes to dwell inside of you. You understand that, right? Okay, so, so you have a body, you have a spirit, and now listen, you also have a soul. So I thought they were the same. They're not the same. In fact, Paul showed us they weren't the same. Okay, what, what is your soul? Well, a basic definition of your soul, and you should write, you're going to need to jot some stuff down. You're gonna, God's going to speak to you in this series. You need to be prepared to write it down. You're going to forget it. The soul, what is the soul? Some have described the soul as the seat or the bed of your mind Will and emotions. It's a combination, listen, of your mind, how you think, your will, what you desire, and your emotions, how you feel. All of that, you just kind of mix it all together, and that is your soul. It comes out in your personality. It's what I would say is the real you. It's the you that other people see. 
Right? No, it's not your physical body they see, but it's the you they encounter from within the body. That is your soul. It is the depth of who you are. And a lot of times in our uh, dealing with people and issues, a lot of times we blame intelligence when the problem isn't IQ, the problem is EQ. You, you find out that most of your struggles in your workplace, most of your struggles at home have very little to do with intelligence quotient. It has everything to do with your emotional quotient has to do with your ability to manage your soul. I want to talk about the soul. That, that real you, the mind, the will, the emotions, the, the part that enables you to connect with people, the part that enables you to have fun, the part that enables you to love, the part that enables you to live and be the real you, the one that God created. You see, it is so important, and here's what I found, it's often overlooked. It's overlooked. And so I want to work on the soul. That's what soul work is. We're going to work on the soul. We are going to open ourselves up to the soul surgeon, and we're going to invite him in to the depths of who we are. Now, here's what I know. Some of you right now are getting really uncomfortable. I don't want to go there. I don't want, can we not talk about something that seems mushy and gushy and feelings and emotions? It's going to be way deeper than that. And I'm just telling you, listen, until you address your soul, what you don't realize is it keeps undercutting every part of your life that you so desire. You don't realize that because of the condition of your soul, you don't experience joy, you don't experience peace, you don't experience the fullness. When Jesus said, I came to give life and life to the fullness, we think, oh, that must be a spiritual thing. You don't realize that you'll never get there until you address your soul. And I believe this is going to be one of the most powerful series that you're going to hear all year. I really believe that. And, and here's the thing. How you approach this series will determine what happens in your soul. I'm not going to take the credit or the blame for this series. I'm not. How, listen, you, you can approach this like you might a lot of the other, well, I just go to church, and you can dip your toes in the shallow end, and you'll hear a bunch of stuff, and you're like, oh, that's good. But if you would take a deep dive with the divine, can I just tell you, he wants to do some work on our souls. And so I hope you're ready. I hope you got your feeler on. I hope you're ready to peel back some layers. You're like an ogre. You've you got a bunch of layers. we got to peel back the layers to get to the soul. And uh, if you got a Bible with you, I'd love for you to get it out and open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, get your electronic device. You're going to need to write some things down. Why? Because while I'm speaking, God's going to speak to you. And you're going to forget what God wants to speak to you about your soul. You're so, it's so easy to overlook the soul. We're not going to overlook the soul. God created it. We're going to talk about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is where we're going to start today. I just want to kind of set the ground rule. I want to set the foundation for, for where we're going to go, and um, here's what you need to know. Okay, I put the headset mic on today because sometimes preacher Tim comes. <laughs> then there's other times when i got to put on my pastor hat. Today I want to talk to you as your pastor. 
Today, I want to connect with you as, as your pastor, someone who cares deeply for you. And what I'm about to read to you is Paul, not the preacher, but Paul the pastor, who's writing to a church in Corinth, the church that he established about 50 A.D. And he traveled around and he created all these churches, and then he would kind of get them going and set them off and put a leader, and then he would kind of come back around, but they were his babies. This was his church. These are people he personally led to Christ. These are people that he cares deeply about, people he knows by name. And so I, I need you to keep that in mind as we look at what Paul says to them. In 1 Corinthians 3, verses 1 through 3, we're just going to look at three verses today. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. Now, these are church people. He said, I had to talk to you, though, as you belong to this world or as though you were infants. Everybody say infants. Babies in Christ. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Now, I know this seems a little bit harsh, okay? But I need you to understand Paul's heart and his motive here. Paul is not preaching to condemn. He's not even, I think, preaching to convict. This is Paul as a spiritual father. This is Paul who has a, he has a spiritual angst in him for the people in the church he birthed. These, these are, this is Paul, I hope you pick up on this because I do, with a sense of frustration. I really want you to be here, but you're really still here. This is Paul talking about and describing how we all start out in life. See, the truth is that we all start out in life like an infant. Like a baby. You were a baby at one point. You were someone that your parents had to care for. We all started off that way. You know, it's interesting when we're babies, you know, you know, we're born, we have like no character, no real personality at least. We, we have no knowledge. We've got no understanding. We have no language. All we have are needs. We just, we need to eat, sleep, and poop. That's all babies do, right? Moms and dads, you all know what I'm talking about. We need to eat, sleep, and poop. That's all we need. And, and Paul says, and now he's connecting how we are physically, how we get started to spiritually. He says, it's been a while, but I want to connect with you on a deeper level. I want to take you to a deeper place, but I can't. Be because you're still struggling with something. Let me, I brought a visual to help, us, to help us get it. Paul says, I would love... I would love to give you a ribeye, but I can't because you're still on the bottle. Moms and dads, you remember when you had to give your kids a bottle like this? Not this size. It was a lot smaller, but for the illustration, I thought maybe it would be better if I held a bigger bottle. I remember when our kids, our daughters, were just little, and uh, we had to give them milk. 
because that's all they can handle. That's all they can digest is milk. And I brought a bottle because I thought it would be a, a safer representation for how you had milk when you were a, a baby. <laughs> I remember with Audrey that uh, shortly into um, her, you know, growth, we had, to, we had to switch to a formula. I think it was Similac. Is that what we gave her? Was it Similac? No. What was it? Isa, well, Isamil. Isamil. These are just various forms of the milk. All right? That's Isamil, not Similac. Was that Lauren? Did she? I don't know. Anyways, I don't know these things. A lot of you moms know. I do. Paul is saying that it's been a while, and I want to give you deeper things. And I want to stretch your faith a little bit, and I want to see you go to new levels, but the problem is you're still on the bottle. Now listen, there's a time when we need the bottle, okay? I'm not just talking about physically. I hope you understand. I'm talking about spiritually. There's a time when all of us, in fact, Jesus would say that in order to experience life an eternal life that you have to be born again of the Spirit. So your spirit needs a birth. And you could be 28 years old, but your spirit needs a birth. You could be 48 years old listening to me, and your spirit needs a new birth. Or you could be 58 years old, and you have a new birth, but you're on the bottle. It's not about your actual physical age. It's about your spiritual age. And, and you need to understand this, that, that we're all at some point, there's nothing embarrassing about needing a bottle. When you're a ba- all of us needed a bottle. There's nothing embarrassing about it. In fact, I love what the Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter 2. He said, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow into your salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. In other words, if you have a real taste of God, you need a real taste of God before you'll ever see any kind of growth spiritually. You need a real taste of God. Some people say, how do I know if something happened spiritually? Well, if you tasted God, something will shift inside of you, and all of a sudden Peter says you will desire the spiritual milk of salvation. Something inside of you is going to come alive. And so Peter tells us the same thing that Paul is saying. And and that is this, that when we start out, we're going to start out like babies, spiritually. Can I tell you something? I hope this church is always full of spiritual babies. Can I tell you one of the things that ruins a church? is when they stop having spiritual babies. When everybody gets older physically, but spiritually, you don't have new life. That's why we say around here the gospel is our priority. And we will unapologetically always preach the good news of Jesus Christ because there are people in our culture that are, they're dead and need to come alive. Not a bad person that needs to become good, but Jesus says there are people that need born again. They need, then they're going to need the spiritual milk. But can I just tell you something now? I'm back to pastor. Can I just tell you something? That every parent and as your spiritual father desires more than anything else is that I expect as infants, 
I expect, just like you expect your children will grow, I expect that you will grow. I expect it. Every parent expects their child to grow. And, and here's what we do. We go to the doctor. We take our kids for checkups. And what do they do every time you take your kid? You remember when you took your kid to the checkup? They would always do a few things. If they're real little, they'll measure how long they are. When you get older, how tall you are. You always weigh them. Why? Because a doctor is checking for growth. If something isn't happening physically, it's an indication that there's a problem. Can I just tell you, it gets a little trickier when it comes to the spiritual things. Because you could be full-grown adult, and we don't know what it's like on the inside. We don't know what's going on in your spirit. But can I just tell you, every parent wants their kids to grow up. Hello, any parents with little kids that say, I can't wait for my kids to get out of diapers. I can't wait for my kid to get off the bottle. I can't wait for my kid to start feeding themselves. Listen, it's cute when they're little, but let me tell you something. If by the time you're sending your kid off to first grade, you've got to put a bottle in their lunch pail, there's a problem. When they're seven years old, changing their diaper is not a lot of fun. We want and we expect it. And so we got these natural growth indicators physically. Paul says, can I tell you what the natural growth indicators are spiritually? I don't care. I don't know if you got this. But Paul said, I want to address deeper things, but I can't. And here's what he said. He said, because, and here's how I know. Here's the test. Because you're still living just as worldly is those who haven't met Jesus. If you want to know what the litmus test is for spiritual growth, here, here's what Paul said, and I don't want us to confuse this. He said, it's not what you believe that indicates your spiritual growth. It's how you behave. Now let me, let me flip that around. Salvation is not about how you behave. It's about what you believe. And then the moment you meet Jesus and something comes alive inside of you and then you begin to grow because, listen, at some point you got to become a toddler and start taking some baby steps. It stops becoming about what you believe and it starts to become about how you behave. I'm not talking about the kind of behavioral modification we've tried to do in church world where we say don't do this and don't do that and here's the top ten and don't do this and God hates it when you sin and he's mad at you and all that awful stuff that we've heard in churches. No, 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 no. But the moment you believe and get it inside of you, listen, something will begin to change how you live. There's the fruit of the spirit alive inside of you. And now Paul says it's how you behave that indicates Spiritual growth. We're going to go somewhere with this. I just need to help you unpack this. Because I've been preparing for this for months. And so Paul is not saying this in a convicting, preaching, condemnation. Come on, guys. When are you going to get it? That's not what I get from Paul. This is Paul having a pastoral moment. This is Paul who is saying, I have I've desired so much to see you continue to grow. But when I look at my church, it looks the same 
as the world around us. And it breaks my heart for you. That's Paul. He's having a pastoral moment. He's their spiritual father. Why are we talking about this? Well, because I've kind of been on a journey. I've kind of gone on a journey for the last four or so years where God has opened me up to seeing some things in my soul that I'd never looked at. It kind of really started when I took a break. In 2017, I, I took an extended break from ministry and leading to get out from under the weight and the pressure of trying to lead a community this size. And I took uh, several weeks off. And it wasn't until I was in that kind of break that I actually felt like there was something in my soul that was broken. And I never noticed it before. See, I'm the type that I can, I just go and go. And I find that we'll address physical problems because we feel it. And we can even address spiritual problems because we come sit in an atmosphere where we're confronted with God's word. But it can be really easy to go through life and never address emotional. Never look at our soul. And I felt like God started to take me on a journey which was really painful. And I had to talk with a counselor for a long time. And I had to see things and God's had to strip some things away and God's had to show some things to me. And it started to change me. I've been changing for the last few years. Some of you wouldn't notice that. You may. Or maybe only those closer, those in proximity or ministry. But God was like beginning to kind of change some things in me. So I feel like I... I, I kind of understand how Paul feels, and I found there were some things in, in me that are growing. You know, your pastor needs to grow just as much as you need to grow. I need to grow, too. When we started this church, I think it was almost 18 years ago, I was a kid. I was like eight years old. You can do the math. I was, or nine, I don't remember. That's an emotional thing where I don't want you to know my age, okay? But, and, uh. I've been growing, but I realized I had been plateaued spiritually until I had to go through a season of brokenness, and God had to show me some things about my soul before I would actually begin to grow again. And I need you to understand that it's changing the way I pastor. That's what I need you to understand. It's not changing what our church is about. Like, our, our mission is helping people get on the path to God. We're going to unapologetically continue to do so. Many of you got on the path to God here at this place. And, and yet, at the same time, it's not just about getting onto the path, but it's also about taking steps in your journey. It's also about growing. It's also about getting closer to Christ. Come on, I don't just care about people getting on the path. That matters to me, trust me. But I care that you take baby steps, and it might start out like you're crawling, but I want to eventually see you go from crawling to walking. You might stumble a little bit to eventually being able to run and eventually being able to grow and get strong and be, and be able to withstand all the storms of this world. You need to understand that's my heart. That is my heart. And we constantly, we create environments for you to grow. 
You hear us say this all the time. You have a next step. I have seen it with my own eyes. People who have met Jesus in our church, thank God, and that's by his grace, not my preaching. They have met Jesus. And I have seen them take steps and begin to grow in their faith. I've seen it. I've seen people jump, jump into serving and say, okay, use me however you can use me. Hey, you got a smile. We're going to get you out there greeting and making others feel welcome. Hey, you're great with kids. Hey, you can hold babies, and you have kind of the, the Midas touch with babies. I don't, but you do. That's awesome. Hey, you can do camera. You can run production. Get involved. Find your purpose. I've seen people do that and begin to grow in their faith. I've seen it. I've seen people get baptized and take their next step. I, I've seen babies getting baptized all the time in our church. Every time you see someone getting baptized, you need to think that's a baby who is getting baptized. You know what happens when a baby is born? They're messy. They need washed. They need washed. I see people getting into circles. I see people getting accountability, relationships, and small groups. I see people beginning to grow in their faith. I have seen all of these things, and it excites me to no end. But if you, you would permit me, like, like Paul can I now have a pastoral moment with you? Can I, I'll sit down so it feels a little bit nicer. That's not mean. I just, there are some things that, that I just need you to hear. And sometimes the only way you can do it is from one soul to another. I've also seen people who meet Christ and they step into serving and they step into a circle, and they do get baptized, and they begin to read their Bible, and they begin to do all of the things that you, know, you think are just going to really help you grow and take off spiritually, but then to see them not grow. To see them go from maybe a baby to they can barely walk, but now it's been six years and you haven't seen any growth in your spirit. You know, you battle with the same struggles. No one knows. But you never get free. You can, you can be healthy physically, but emotionally, your soul is so unhealthy. Can I say it this way? You can be healthy spiritually, and your soul is incredibly unhealthy. And I've seen people who have listened to, and this breaks my heart, it makes me feel awful as a preacher, who can listen to hundreds of sermons over years, but never find real freedom in their life. But their marriage never changes. But the character that they portray when they go into the world at work looks no different than the person who isn't spending Sundays and Wednesdays and gatherings in the church. I, I don't know who I'm talking to. By the way, I, I did not prepare this message thinking about any one person. I'm not virtual signaling, if that's what it's called. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. This, this is me as a pastor who only until I was able to realize how much my soul needed God. has been looking around and saying, how do I help our church actually grow? And the answer 
that I've seen in my many years in the church. I've been in the church, well, basically since I was born. Since I was on one of these physically, I've been in the church. And the answer in the church has always been that we try to address emotional problems with spiritual practices. You need to, you just need the Bible more. I know, I know what the problem is. You need to pray more. I know, I know why you're continuing to struggle in your marriage. I, I know why. It's because you need more time in the presence of God. If you could just get these concepts and these ideas and these spiritual truths, it'll change your life. And while I, I do believe that, reality has shown me that it, it's not working by itself. And God began to show me this through my journey. And about two years ago, I, I really began to talk to our pastors our leaders, and I said, I think we need to make some changes in our church structure and what we're doing. I need you to hear this truth. I want you to write this down. Your spiritual maturity will always be limited by your emotional maturity. Your spiritual maturity will always be limited by your emotional maturity. They're not the same. Some of you feel frustrated that you don't seem to be progressing spiritually. And a lot of times when you get frustrated, or I get frustrated because I see no growth, and that is a frustrating place to be, we tend to blame the spiritual. We blame God. We'll blame the pastor. We'll blame the preaching. We'll blame the groups. We'll blame all of these things when what we don't realize is that what's holding us back is our own soul. I know this because it was only until I began to address my own soul that it's begun to open me up to growing spiritually again. I, I've, I've kind of been on this journey in some of the things that God's been showing me about my own soul. I like to move at a really, really fast pace. And it's so fast that I never get to measure the condition of my soul. We live in a very fast-paced culture. It's easy for all of us to do that. Um, God has shown me some things that I do. I, uh, I, will, I will keep myself facing forward with new vision, a new mountain to climb, a new accomplishment to reach, so that I don't ever have to address things that have happened to me in the past. I, I have gotten really good at writing people out of my story that have hurt me, so that I don't have to think about the pain and yet, I never really process what it's done to me. And I get emotional because 
whenever you open your soul, it's painful. And you get really vulnerable. But God has been showing me through his grace. God has been showing me that if I do not address my soul, I will not grow to a new level with him. You need to hear this. Your soul can hold your spirit back. Your soul can keep you from the life that you desire with Christ. And so it's changing me. And listen, it's changing how I pastor. I mean, my mission and what I want for our church hasn't changed. But what I want for you has. And so I want to share just briefly, and this is just the intro to the series. I promise they won't get all this mushy. I hope I don't cry in all of them. But I began to sit down with our, our leadership, and I said, guys, something's not working. I said, we've got these methods and these models and church, and this is what's happening around the world and the country and church life and what helps people grow spiritually and all this stuff. I said, it's not working. It's not working. I said, I think we need to make some changes. And so we've been planning, preparing, and we're still building some changes. And we're kind of putting together, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of an introduction to it. You're going to see it more as this year goes on. We're kind of creating a new vision, a new strategy that's going to help you to grow both emotionally and spiritually. In other words, I feel like the church has always done a decent job of addressing spiritual health, but we've not done a great job always of addressing emotional health. And so we have to do that better. And so I want to share with you just briefly something that you're going to hear more about. But we've kind of identified a few key areas that we think will really lift people emotionally to a new level as well as spiritually. We, of course, alliterated them into four F's that would help you to remember. And, and this is about your growth. And you're going to see these things come to life in this church. Let me talk about the four F's real quick, real quick. It's going to be fast. But the four F's of growth that we, we want to kind of really help you go down a journey on are finances, freedom, family, and faith. Finances, freedom, family, and faith. Will you say all four of those out loud with me? Finances, freedom, family, and faith. These are the areas that we sat around a table and we talked and we said, where is there the most pain in people's lives? What, what are the holding people back the most from becoming the, the person that God wants them to be? Finances. We just did a series on it. On Monday, we're starting off classes called Financial Peace University. Can I, can I just challenge you? It's not too late. You, you see, this is one of those areas. I find, we don't even realize how much financial tension and when our finances are a mess and we're upside down, that we don't even realize the tension that it's causing in our marriage, in our relationship with God, and with other people. And we're not able to live the free lives that God wants us to live. And so I, I can, I'm just going to tell you, I get frustrated when we put this together and we have people who are gifted to do this. And I know that many of you need it, but a lot of people don't sign up for it. We, I, can't, I can't do any more except offer it. We don't do a money series once a year because we want to get you just to give more. We do it because I want to see you free. 
when it comes financially. So finances, we have financial counselors and people who help you. Where else are you going to get this in a community that's going to offer this for free? I mean, the program might cost a little money, but we'll be able to counsel you and help you any day of the week. Finances, when it comes to freedom. What do I mean by freedom? There's a whole curriculum that we're adding called freedom. And it's all about helping you go back and address things that have affected your soul. So how you view God and how you view each other. And right now, our staff is actually going through the freedom curriculum. We're going to finish it in less than two weeks. We've been doing this together for weeks. And you kind of go in a small group type environment. And then there's a final conference day at the end where where it's just all, it's a very soul-freeing experience. That's something you're going to see. I think even season two we're talking about. We've been training people. We've been preparing for this for a while. But we want people to get freedom in their life from maybe things people have said to them or bitterness that they've held on because of things that have happened to them as they're growing up. These are real struggles that we don't realize are holding us back. Finances, freedom, family. We, we see that a lot of the pain that we experience in this life often revolves around family, parenting, marriage, how we are as a husband, a wife, okay, in relationships. That's why we have a marriage conference, the first one we've ever done, that we're piping in, connecting to EXO Conference at the end of March. Listen, I'm telling you, invest in your marriage now, or you can invest in it later with a lot of money and counseling, and hopefully not, but divorce. It's not like, well, you know, if our marriage is bad, we'll go to it. No, why don't you preemptively work on your marriage? We're providing these opportunities. We've got new vision for men and women and how we're going to teach and lead people to become. That's coming soon. And parenting, we're working on stuff in next generation for parents and how we can help you as parents. And you've got little ones that are on this. We want to come alongside and help you, okay? We've got finances, freedom, family, and faith. How many of you have been to X, X University? Raise your hand if you've gone to X University. Awesome. That's great. A lot of you haven't. Good if you haven't because we're revamping the whole thing. We blew it up, and we're expanding it. This is the faith aspect, because here's what I know. That there are things, when it comes to your spiritual journey, that we want to see you grow spiritually. And so we're actually creating whole, we're taking like that idea, and we are expanding it. There's going to be online different things. You can go through courses that you'll have maybe on, you can go courses on the Bible, and courses on the Holy Spirit, and courses on uh, evangelism or your identity. We're working right now developing. It'll all be available digitally. It'll, digitally, it'll be available at times where you can, maybe in a season, we'll offer, hey, here's some labs. You can come in person. We're, we're building out more than we have ever done before because I want to see you grow emotionally and spiritually. That's what I want to see. I I want so badly as your pastor to ask you, and listen, you maybe have been in church for 30 years. I want to ask you a question. Are you growing? Well, you know, I know all there is to know. No, you don't, because the truth is the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. I'm asking the question, are you growing? Because if you're, if you're not, it might not be that you need to memorize more Bible verses. You're not going to hear this often from the pastor, so write this down. It might not be that you need to pray more. Probably wouldn't hurt. It might be that you need to let the surgeon into your soul. 
You might need to address some things that have happened in your past, some words people spoke to you that you never really walked through and processed. It might be that you need to address some areas of your soul that are unhealthy. Now here's, here's what I want to leave you with. At the end of the day, all I can do is create all of these opportunities for your health. Please hear this. If you zoned out, I'm ending, I'm ending, I'm ending. Lean back in. Here's what I need you to hear. You and you alone are responsible for your soul. Not me. And I want to challenge you to take responsibility for yourself. You see, I, I can lead, I can lead you to all of these things. I can lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink. And I am not going to hold your head under the water. I refuse to do that. What I am taking very seriously is my responsibility as your pastor and shepherd to create every opportunity that we know how to do. We're not professionals in every area. We've got counselors we can refer you to, all this stuff so that you can get not only to a place spiritually healthy, but emotionally healthy, your soul. But I want you to hear this. It's on you. I'm not going to wear that weight anymore. We're doing hard work on the back end to create all of this. We are investing hours and hours to create all these opportunities. And if you don't want to step into any of them, listen to me, you don't have to. But I'm just telling you right now, I'm not wearing the responsibility for your growth. We're creating every opportunity to. I refuse to. See, see what most people say when they leave a church, I can't grow there. You won't have that opportunity to say that. You can leave for whatever reason, that's fine. But I will not own this idea that you, re, re, you leave because I can't grow there. Because we are creating every opportunity that we can. We have taken something that we tried to make so small and compact and small, and I said, let's blow it up so that we can try to address everyone's soul and their spirit. And so my prayer as we go through this journey, listen, is that you would just, and I don't know if it makes you uncomfortable, just get uncomfortable. Just get uncomfortable. In fact, why don't we stand up? Maybe that. Maybe you got too comfortable already just sitting down listening to me yap. Would you bow your heads and would you pray with me in this moment? God, I pray that your spirit is saying what I haven't been able to say today. God, I pray for every soul listening to me right now. God, you created us with a soul. It's part of how we connect to you and to others. And I know there's a lot of hurting people. Maybe we have a lot of toddlers running around in this church. God, I pray that you would help. Help us to open our soul to you. Listen, as we're praying, I, 
just wonder if maybe someone's watching this online or you're in this room. And when I was talking about being spiritually born again, tasting that God is good and beginning to crave the things of God, and you say, I've been in church, but I never really have felt that way. Can I tell you the first place to start is surrendering your life to Jesus? It's by faith that that work begins in you. It's not about how you behave in that moment. It's about what you believe. That if you confess Jesus to be the Lord of your life, believe that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you will be saved. And something will change inside of you. You become born again. Some of you maybe been wearing the weight of your sin. Today you can feel the freedom of releasing that and receiving the forgiveness of God. If that's you here today, I want to pray with you. I would just encourage you just to say this prayer with me right where you are. You say, today, God, I surrender my life to you, my body, my soul, and my spirit. God, I ask you to come into my life, that you would fill me afresh. Fill me with your spirit. Help me come alive today in your spirit. I want to taste that you are good. God, forgive me of my sin. Today, I receive you. In Jesus' name.